Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It's 134 at Edmonton. The Edmonton Oilers and the Dallas Stars, we're going to have a little bit of fun with uh, this day in Oilers history. A little bit later on, we are going to uh, bring you calls with the one and only Bob Cole, who was working the Edmonton Dallas series back in 1997, 25 years ago today. And the Oilers rallied from 3 nothing down um, to win 4-3 in overtime. 30 years ago today was the Freddie Mercury Benefit concert, and they had to make a decision. Were they going to bring in Axel Rose to sing Bohemian Rhapsody or our next guest, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling? Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get them with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. And we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline and bring John back to the show. John, how you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. I was just uh, tuning up for my uh, Bohemian Rhapsody yes. coming up later tonight. Now, uh, did, look, you had extensive television work. It's mostly been in sports, but did you ever do any live concerts or anything like that? Uh, no, I don't think so. I always wanted to do a political convention. Yeah, well, uh, that, between uh, you, and, the one thing. you and Staples, we thought we could pull that off. You know that. Well, I, I, as I, I think I've told the story on this, but I did get to do one political convention um, uh, for somebody who would, wasn't very popular in Alberta uh, when Paul Martin became prime minister. So I, I did that. I did that political convention uh, at Air Canada Centre, then Air Canada Centre in Toronto, and that's where I met. Uh, that's where I met Bono. He's pretty good. He was okay. Yeah, he had. He, he performed pretty well in Live Aid, much to the chagrin of his bandmates. Went a little off script there and decided to bring some ladies to the stage. And They played like a 12-minute version of the song, Bad. Um, well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that about Paul Martin because I have uh, several friends who are dyed-in-the-wool liberals. like they, And they swear he was... Bob, he was the one liberal you'd really like. Like, he was really centrist. I like centrist uh, politicians. And, I mean, we, we've told the story before. He was trying to push through a bill, an elderly extended care act, because he was the one that pushed the Children's Care Act through yeah. when he was prime minister. And he basically got vetoed, and that led to him being undermined as leader of the liberals. And uh, am I, I'm, I'm not off base here. That's the story I was told. Is there a degree of truth? Like, he was, a, he was progressive, but he was and, hey, let's give away all the money. You know what I mean? 
Well, let me, let me tell you one thing uh, about my experience with, with that event and the Liberal Party of Canada was that Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin would not want to be seen together. Uh, they were I like sat, it even more. <laughs> in, intentionally, they were sat on opposite sides uh, of the arena. One uh, basically behind the penalty box and the other beside, behind the players' benches. And never the twain shall meet. And to, and to me, that was an indication of uh, where Martin sat with uh, uh, the Quebec Liberal group, uh, yes. even though even though Paul uh, was from Montreal at that point in his life. Yeah, but he again, he was uh, had a he had an appreciation for small business and wow. uh, was seen as a very uh, fair individual. All right, he was much closer to Brian Mulroney in so many ways than most of the others that were involved. And wasn't Brian Mulroney, Brian Mulroney always behind the penalty box back in the day at the Forum in Montreal? Like in the 1975, the game uh, many people consider the greatest game ever played between the you know the Central Red Army and the Montreal Canadiens. Brian Mulroney is in the stands at the game. He's pretty difficult not to notice. I think it was. I think it was behind Montreal players' bench. Yes, so right behind the side. Yes. Yeah, they were pretty yeah. good. But now the penalty in those days in '75, you may be right because the the, the the home the home penalty box was right beside the Canadians' bench in those days. There you so go. We're probably right. Hey, probably how right. about this? Did, I'm not sure the listeners know this. At one time, the players from both teams sat in the same penalty box. Yeah, yeah, and in fact, I I remember as a kid, uh, it was much more uh, uh, factual in. Chicago Stadium, uh, the Detroit Olympia, the Madison Square Garden, and the Boston Garden. Uh, it, it, they were the those four old arenas. Uh, did it uh, changed over to separate penalty boxes um, much later than both the Forum and Maple Leaf Gardens. Uh, last, uh, I guess, late last week, we lost Mike Bossy, uh, Guy Lafleur, mm-hmm. the Canadians, putting something out uh, yesterday. Uh, both both dealing with lung issues. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny when you look back at Mike Bossy's career because, and you know this, John, uh, Gilles Perrault and Guy Lafleur going number one in back-to-back years and tremendous players out of the Quebec League. It was a higher-scoring league, but that uh, that was part of the reason why Mike Bossy fell to 15. His, you, know, he yeah. played, you know, there was a bit of a perception that it was easy to score. And let's not forget the Sorrell Blackhawks, you know this, had three players with 200 or more points in 1974-75. They averaged like eight goals per game that season. But that said, I've always believed this, John, and I still believe this. There are bargains to there. There are there are absolute. Uh, you can find players out of Quebec League because I do think there has been some historic and systemic uh, outlooks from some individuals in hockey that have denigrated French Canadian players, and I think they're out to lunch. And I think that that maybe was part of the reason why Bossy slid to 15 to the Islanders. Yeah, although I think it's, I, I do think in 2022 it's changed a great deal. Right. But I, but I, I think that when you look at the the world uh, of uh, the hockey draft, I mean, Mike Bossy taken six people, I mean, because there's only 20, was there 21 teams? No, there was only 17 teams right. in the league at that point. Late first round um, pick. Yeah, uh, look at David Pasternak. It's the same scenario when you think of Pasternak and what Pasternak has done for the Bruins. Uh, in that in that late first round position as well, so there's always going to be uh, a diamond in the rough at some point. Uh, you know what Mike Bossy did, and, and 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 let's face it, Mike Bossy 
as a junior player, he was not near the body type that he was even when he came to the NHL first. Yeah. You know, he bulked up a lot and was a was a physical fitness specimen, um, albeit with a uh, you know with, with a chronic back injury that uh, that that plagued him for his whole career. Craig McTavish made this point the other night on the panel, uh, just talking about the courage and in Bossy's conviction and refusing to fight at that time. And he said, having that approach and still taking the, you know what, an abuse to be in that yeah. home run plate district to score goals spoke volumes of his character. Uh, Lafleur was a different type of player, wasn't he? Like, he was appreciated. I, I get, you know, like Boston wouldn't sit there and cheap. Like, the Flyers went after Bossy when the Islanders and Flyers were going at it. Uh, but was Lafleur maybe re- not respected more, but maybe dealt with a little bit more reverence? Well, it certainly was because of, of the view that he was a generational player. Yeah. Uh, remember, he, you know, with, with everything that Mike Bossy did in junior hockey, he did not do it in a big market, in, even in, in, in terms of junior hockey. You know, Guy Lafleur was the, he was the crown prince of Quebec City. You know, he wore number four. Uh, the last guy to successfully wear number four in Quebec City was Jean Beliveau. The comparisons that Canadians uh, as a team and the province of Quebec made between Lafleur and Beliveau uh, were, were constant. Uh, and so, uh, you know, what, what, what the difference between, for me, the difference between Bossy and, and Lafleur was, it took Lafleur three years to, to get to that certain level. Bossy was almost there instantaneously, which was which made his his nine fifty goal seasons f- so phenomenal. Um, Lafleur had to learn to carry the mantle of being one of the great players, and and it, it it took his third year in the NHL to do that. Yeah, well, I, you know, I I had a Gilfer poster when I was a kid. I loved him. He was my guy. I yeah. wasn't. Unfortunately, I couldn't mimic. I had a heavy shot, and he could really shoot the puck. I mean, he was the. Hold on, hold on. You're not telling me you're comparing your shot to Guy Lafleur's shot. It's right? all I'm saying. The only part of his game that I could come <laughs> close to replicating was shooting. Oh, I don't know. Did you, did you wore a helmet like he did that first couple of years, didn't you? You wore the big, the old. Uh, John, I've said it uh, once. The I've San Makita helmet. I've said it once. I've said it a hundred times. I lack the speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, character, and discipline to have played in the Western League, let alone play in the NHL. So, uh, somehow I tied Guy Godowski for our team scoring race in 1982-83, which tells you how bad of a team we really had that season. So uh, there you have it. All right, the Edmonton Oilers eight one and one in their last ten games. Uh, Vegas, this is a big John. If Vegas misses, this is a pretty big deal, isn't it? I think it is, but I, 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 I you know, I mean, I think it's a storyline that. That exists because everybody, everybody's fearful of of Vegas getting to the playoffs because of the potential that they create. But there's obviously something missing or lacking um, with the team, even at this point, that they they can't seem to put it all together. You know, chemistry is such an important part of our game, Bob. Um, and the fact that uh, the big three there now, Pacioretty, Stone, and Eichel, have really only played together for four or five games, there still lacks that chemistry of having uh, stars play together. So whether ownership there, whether Bill Foley will allow this group uh, to 
buy them a year, basically what for what they've done the first four years, I think will be the big question. I suspect now they will be given another year to make it work, uh, but they've got a, they've got a lot of work to do in order to make uh, make this team cap compliant in the uh, in in the near future. All right, one final one for you. We're going to play uh, a snippet of Bob Cole. Uh, dating back to 1997, and I know you worked with Coley over the years, and uh, you have a very high opinion of Dan Kelly, play-by-play guy, but just give me a thought on just how special of a broadcaster. Nobody knows the TV business like you do, John. I mean, you you were the executive producer for the NHL. You were executive producer for Hockey Night in Canada. Pretty special talent, wasn't he? Isn't he? One of a kind. One of a kind. Uh, he, he truly is one of a kind. Uh, no one and I've said this before in this show many times, I feel like I say it almost every week when we talk about Bob, no one had the sense of anticipation of what was going to happen in the next 15 seconds better than Bob Cole. He could tell you at the, at the defensive blue line or at, at the red line to watch out for Todd Marchand going around Grant Ledyard. He knew something was going to happen, and that's what made him so special. John? We'll talk Monday. We're going to hear from Coley coming up next. Right on. That is John Shannon from, uh, he is our uh, Oilers Now NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean Chicken. We'll tell you they now have four locations in Calgary. Does Royal Pizza? Everything's real at Royal. Back with a great moment in this day in order's history for New West Travel when we return. All right. Welcome back, everybody. 149 in Edmonton, the Edmonton Oilers uh, with Mike Smith, who is 8-0-1 in his last nine starts with a 1.66 goals against average and 948 save percentage. He will face Scott Wedgwood, 3-0-2 at 2.69 goals against average, 9.16 save percentage, the Edmonton Oilers and the Dallas Stars. As we go to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel, if you're looking for a great Oilers playoff roadie, register now for the road trip at newwesttravel.com. And a special shout-out to everybody that was... uh, uh, people were awesome. We spent about, geez, we got there about 5.35 and stayed until probably 11.30 <laughs> at the hotel with our little event. Uh, it was great uh, seeing everybody. And people were pumped up. And then the orders delivered the next day with a 4 nothing shutout victory over the Nashville Predators. So we're going to go on the road with the New West Travel East. And you can, again, visit newwesttravel.com. We're going to go back, as promised, 25 years ago today, the Edmonton Oilers down 3 nothing to the Dallas Stars at home at the Coliseum in game number three of their opening round series. The series was tied 1-1. Bob Cole with the call. Miranov is back to the line. Back and score! Wait! Finally gets one away and beats Andy Moog. 3-1 now, Dallas. Edmonton trying to get going again as Miranov Put it up to Marshaw. Marshaw and Kovalenko coming right in. Scores! They're getting close. It's 3-2. to two. Yes. There's another look at the goal. You can 
Hatcher on the three on two got tailing in too far, and that allowed Kovalenko to walk in after he took the pass. If Hatcher stayed even with his partner and a little wider part, then Kovalenko wouldn't have had that angle. Here's a pass to the line. Score! They have tied the game! A minute and 56 seconds. Three goals. Here's the third. I'm going to check the lineup. Is Anderson, Messi, and Gretzky in this lineup? They use history uh obviously that broadcast courtesy of cbc and bob cole and harry neal with the call uh wasn't so happy in the dallas truck i can tell you that <laughs> i'll never forget the producer it's blank and shaking in here man and they're all laughing right after the three three goal and then bucky wanted an ot and wayne called bucky after and oh it was gold all right, uh, this day in Oilers history, again, for NewWestTravel.com. And for a lot of the listeners to the show, that 97 team is maybe when you first fell in love with the Oilers because you missed out on the Oilers in the 1980s, just like for others of you out there, it was the 06 team and that run that was so spectacular as well. So it was an absolute kicker, hard to believe, 25 years ago uh, today, the Edmonton Oilers, full-blown rally. Awesome. Um uh, Coach Mike says, hey, Bob, did Mike Greer have his crease in the winter? Uh, well, yeah, that was a possibility. There were some rule changes that occurred by 1999, remember? Was that it? Uh, again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, Bob, the rumor is the Winnipeg Jets are going to change things up. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers is the perfect top six winger. Uh, McDavid needs, needs, needs a fast veteran sharpshooter. Well, I mean, Ehlers is a heck of a player. Something's got to give there in Winnipeg. How would you like to be Frank Saravelli, by the way, from Daily Faceoff? Uh, yeah, pick the Jets to win the Cup at the start of the year. i got to be honest. I thought Winnipeg would make the playoffs, too. I also thought Vancouver would make it at the start of the season. Um, and I had Calgary, and I had four teams in the Pacific Division making the playoffs. And I guess technically it's not out of the realm of possibility that Vancouver could still close the gap here. Uh, we shall wait and see. I did not have Vegas missing the playoffs, and it looks like uh, there's a possibility they couldn't. I didn't have the L.A. Kings in. Shame on me for underestimating Tom McClellan. He's done a great job with Los Angeles, and they signed the right guy. 
They got to know. He's been a huge difference maker on his t- uh, on the team. All right, tonight uh, the Oilers and the Dallas Stars were minor. It's a nationally broadcast game, so it'll be a 6:42 puck drop. Uh, the faceoff show begins at 5:05 with Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, uh, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, and myself. Uh, Cam, and Mo- uh, Cam and me will have the radio call with Rob and Reed. Brendan will be a part of that show as well. Uh, Jack and Louie and Gene on the television side with NHL Hockey on Rogers. Tomorrow, Louie will join us for GCL Diesel. Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network and ESPN for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Um we will also hear from Kurt Hill, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Their playoff run starts tomorrow at home against Lethbridge. The Oil Kings will be an overwhelming favorite in that series. They got to 50 wins in the regular season and played the last 20 games without several key players that are all going to be ready to go. And uh, we're working on one other special guest for you for tomorrow's show that you're going to want to hear from as well. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. Again, Jalen Nye today from 3 until 5 p.m. And I will rejoin you at Studio 99 with Reed Wilkins at 5.05. So long, everybody, and thank you for listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.